that your business is more than just your art. And one of the things that I tell people all the time is every entrepreneur is a creative, but not every creative is an entrepreneur. And that's okay. You don't have to make your art your livelihood if you don't want to. But if you do want to, then you need to be clear about this is a business venture. These are business offerings. That means there has to be a market for them. Welcome to the Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at Mike Bone, or on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. Hey, I'd love for you to stop by DailyCreativeHabit.com. I've created several resources with you in mind as a creative person. First, there's a link to our free private Facebook group called Daily Creative Habit. It is filled with creatives of all types who have raised their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. And so if that's you, we would love to see you as part of this group. There's also a link to receive our free Daily Creative Habit email newsletter. This goes out twice a week and is filled with resources and inspiration and daily prompts for you as a creative person to make sure that you keep showing up every single day for your creativity. And lastly, there's a link out to the new Daily Creative Habit Guided Creativity Journal. And this is something that I'm really excited about because it's a 90-day journey that you can go on that guides you to plan and show up for your creativity and help you track and help you measure and figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and how you want to do it. This is available right now through amazon.com. Hey, I had an amazing conversation today with my guest, Lisa Robin Young. And every so often you have a conversation where both parties walk away feeling very seen and heard. You know what I mean by that? You know, you just connect on multiple levels and share a lot of perspectives. Well, that was the kind of conversation that I had with today's guest. Now, Lisa is an award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and accomplished musician with multiple albums to her credit. She's been featured on Disney Plus and is the host of Creative Freedom, and I have had the pleasure of being on her podcast. Uh, she helps, in her words, undervalued unicorns get seen, get paid, and leave their mark on the world. She believes that the best way to truly be successful in life and business is to be yourself, warts, sparkles, and all so you can own your dreams without selling your soul. So I know that you're gonna really appreciate this conversation. It's candid, it's uh, authentic, it's heartfelt. And so without further ado, here is my creative chat with Lisa Robin Young. Well, Lisa, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. Thanks It's for so cool that you're me. here. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm thrilled, yeah. This is gonna be high energy. Uh, it's going to be filled with creativity. I love it. <laughs> so for the sake of the listeners, before we mm -hmm. dive into the deep end of the pool, give us the little snapshot of like, who are you? What do you do? Yeah, the little snapshot's still a big snapshot. Exactly. Because I've been around for, <laughs> I've been around forever. I'm an internet dinosaur is what I tell people. I've been online for like 30 years. I've been a coach for about 20 and I've been a performing artist like my entire life. Uh, when I was about three years old, I started rounding up the neighbor kids and charging them a nickel to watch me sing and dance. So like <laughs> it, it's always been uh, a part of who I am. I've recorded three albums. I've written two 
business bestselling books. I, I get around. I've done a lot. Um, my big focus right now is helping other creative entrepreneurs who want to become the celebrity in their space, right, to, to really own their niche um, so that they can leave that lasting legacy with their great work. That That's really what drives me right now. So mm. that's me in a nutshell. Nice. As as yes. Can, as concise as I can be. Yes. No, I know. I know. It's hard, especially us creative people. We're like, we have our hands in so many different things. So many hyphenates, uh, so little time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned um, even in that little nutshell about mm-hmm. the fact of when you were younger, uh, you were, it was like performing arts, right? Charging the nickel to the, <laughs> to the neighbors. Yeah. Um, was that your primary creative expression is that like when you knew you were a creative person when you were a kid when you were like hey it's it's performing for people you know it's funny because i've never it's only been in recent years that i've been like i'm creative right like i've worked in the creative industries i've done a lot of creative work but i've not really felt like I was creative. I always felt like I was iterating on somebody else's stuff or imitating someone else's stuff. And um, to to give myself the label of creative was something that I really struggled against. So as a child, no, I did not see myself as creative. At least I don't recall myself seeing myself. Other people would sometimes say, oh, that's really creative. But most of the time it was, oh, you're so talented. You're so smart. So that's what I heard. And that's where, that's where my focus was. But all that said, when I was about 10 years old, I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. That's what I'm going to be when I grow up. And that was the path that I started down. So whether or not I really considered myself a creative, I knew I had this talent for performing and this passion for being on stage and being in the spotlight and, and using that for good, right? It wasn't for me contrary to what some of my family might say. It wasn't about me saying, oh, look at me, look at me. It was more about when I am in this space, I can shine a light for other people. I can help other people. I can inspire other people. I can make them laugh or, you know, feel good about themselves. And and that's what I wanted. That's what I was driving towards. That's still what I drive towards in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you define being a rock star? I'm curious, like, <laughs> what does that look like for you in terms of setting a course and going, yeah, that's the goal? Right. So... I grew up in Flint, Michigan. Yes, that Flint, Michigan. Long before we had a water crisis, we had this band called Ready for the World. And in the 80s, they rose to stardom with this song called Oshila. They had a couple of other hits, but they were from my town. And I knew people who knew them. And I was like, I was 10. And if they can, you know, fill the local stadium full of fans and play their music and entertain people, I'm like, I can do that. And so that was my vision of being a rock star. Like literally, I'm going to play music. I'm going to tour the world. I'm going to be on a bus and I'm going to you know, have a band and do all of that kind of stuff. Like that was the vision that I held for myself. Oh, gosh, until probably my junior year in high school when I got exposed to jazz music more. And I was like, you know, maybe I just want to perform and write. And, you know, I I ventured into screenwriting and, you know, writing music for film and just wanting to be a composer, right? I just want to make music. I want to create music and I want to play with other musicians. And so I was less interested in doing all of the touring and the heavy lifting of of road life and more interested in the creation of this art, this music, this work, um, and how it could touch and change lives. So that's kind of how it 
transitioned for me in my adolescence. And then, you know, life happens and you don't go down that path at all. You end up doing something else entirely. And um, when I was in college the second time, um, because the first time I left, um, but when I went back to school and I was like, I want to pursue a degree in music. So I got a degree in music theory and music history with a minor in vocal performance. And I told myself at that point, look, you are a single mom with a little kid and you are a broke college student and you got to figure out how to make this music thing work for you. And so I took the business courses and the marketing courses and the advertising classes and all of that stuff so that I could walk out of school with a well-rounded understanding of what it's like to be in business as a musician. Um, and that was, you know, my t- mid twenties. Um, and I've just kind of kept that with me as I pursued whatever else life was throwing at me along the way. Yeah. I'm sure that's served you well thinking more holistically about it because most of the time creative people are like, Hey, I just want to do the thing that makes me feel good. The, mm-hmm. the quote creative stuff that is really more interesting. And I don't really have business skills. I'm not really interested in business skills. I don't really know what to do with business skills. You know, we'll fill yeah. in the blank. And so there's an avoidance that happens, I think. And then the the gap widens of like, okay, I want to do the thing that I love to do, but I don't know how to do it in such a way that it actually is a business and not just a hobby or right. that I'm not shackled to somebody else. And they're the ones who are determining what I can and cannot do. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very, um, fortunate question mark asterisk in that I came up at the time when Billy Joel was going through a lot of turmoil with his business manager. And so I saw from a distance in the media, you know, what can happen when you're not watching your P's and Q's like people will screw you over um, either because they can or because they don't know any better. And you're the one left holding the bag. And I was raised in a family where, you know, you secure the bag. Like, you know what's going on. You know what's in your checking account. You have your finger on the pulse of what's going on with your money because if you don't have any, you can't survive. We grew up on welfare, like every penny counted. And so for me, I was very fortunate in that I saw this happening and I was like, I don't want that to happen to me. What do I need to know to protect myself? Okay, I'll take a law class at college. I'm not going to get an A in that class, but I'm at least going to have a rudimentary understanding of administrative law. Okay, I'm going to take a marketing class. I may not get an A in that class, but I'm at least going to understand the fundamentals of marketing and how to write copy and, and what those ideas are all about so that I can show up and sell myself and sell my music and sell my merch and and have a cohesive, coherent conversation about the business side of things until I can get myself to a position where I have people that can do that. And I was reading a book. Oh gosh, this was maybe six or seven years ago. So late in my life, um, I was reading uh, Queen Latifah's book, Put on Your Crown. And she has this line in the book where she says, Oprah gave her the best piece of advice ever. And it was always sign the checks, right? You may not know everything that's going on in your business. You may not understand everything that's going on because finances aren't your jam, But if you're signing the check, you can look at it and go, why am I paying that much for that thing? Is that right? Right. And you can start to get some acumen by osmosis to help you understand that your business is more than just your art. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I tell people all the time is 
every entrepreneur is a creative, but not every creative is an entrepreneur. And that's okay. You don't have to make your art your livelihood if you don't want to. But if you do want to, then you need to be clear about this is a business venture. These are business offerings. That means there has to be a market for them. Otherwise, they don't sell, which means I don't get paid, which means I can't eat and I ain't got no place to live. And that ain't going to work, right? And and so then the other side of that coin, because you said something about, you know, attaching yourself to somebody else, um, whether that's a manager or a day job, right? There's not necessarily anything wrong with those things so long as, again, your eyes are open and you know what you're getting yourself into. For years, I, I would say my day job was my sugar daddy, right? I had a day job and it provided so that I could create without the financial pressure of this thing having to sell, just so that I could experiment, just so that I could see what I could see, what I could see. And there have been times in my years online where I have gone back to a W-2 employment situation for a period of time, again, to take that pressure off so that I could really see what I wanted to see, right? What do I really want to do here? What do I really want to be creating? Do I want to continue down this path or do I want to try something new? Well, I don't want to have myself holding myself hostage to a client base that I quote unquote have to serve because I have to pay the bills. If I can go get a day job, you know, working a few hours a week or a few hours a day to make sure that that pressure is taken off of me. So I think we have to make the decisions, not just as artists, but as human beings about what really serves us first put our own oxygen mask on first and it doesn't have to make sense to the people around us even if those people love us even if those people want what's best for quote unquote what's best for us ultimately we have to be able to live in good conscience with the choices that we're making and the paths that we're pursuing yeah yeah do you think that there's a there needs to be a room or a space for um evolution as a creative in light of business also like what makes me think of that is a lot of times people are in a place where maybe they're working a day job they they have something they're doing and they they wake up to this hey i actually want to do this instead of this i want to pursue this as my dream therefore i want to leave this other thing behind and dive into this headlong Mm -hmm. and i i think i've seen enough people where and even from my own experiences where when you get into it, you don't really, it's not fully realized yet. And you need it to, you need that room f- to figure some things out and to break some things, be curious, to let it evolve a little bit without that pressure. Like you said of, Oh, we're, we're in this now and this is it. And uh, I'm not even sure what, what it is yet. And yeah. already I've shackled it with all these yeah. pressures and things. Right. I mean, have you seen that from your side of things too? Yeah, so there are different kinds of people, right? And 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 no one answer is going to be right for everybody. There, I, I think of Lizzo, like she slept in a car for a year so that she could pursue her music career. That is not a choice that everyone can or is willing to make for themselves in order to achieve whatever it is that they're going after. Other people are like, you know, it would be really nice to keep paying the mortgage and make sure the kids are fed. And, you know, and and more and more of the clients that I'm seeing are in that second half of life, right? Like they've had kids or are raising kids now. And they're like, I've done that corporate thing. I've done that other thing. And now I really want to move this way. Cool. So the first question I ask is, do you have a transition plan? Right. You need a transition plan, even if that transition plan is I'm tipping the tables tomorrow and I'm walking out the door. 
But whatever that plan is, it needs to be something that you can live with the consequences of because every choice we make has consequences. And some people can take more risk and they're comfortable with that. And they're like, no, I'm walking away and I'm never turning back and I'm going to go do this thing. I'm all in. And other people are like, that is just too freaking scary for me. I need more time, more space. I need a cushion. I need to have money in the bank. I, I need the semblance of safety around me before I can make not a leap, but a step, right? And then I'm going to take one step and see what that does. And then I'm going to take another step and see what that does. And, and I don't think either of those is wrong. I think the only wrong answer is the one that's not applicable and, and feels aligned for you. Um, we do a lot of looking at other people and going, oh, I could never do that. Okay, well, what what could you do, right? What is that small step that you can take right now where you're at? Um, I had a client who was working a day job who, you know, was really getting frustrated with the day job. And she'd been there for about 20 years. And she said, it's like itchy pants. Like I loved these pants and they felt so good, but now they're itchy. And I'm like, all I want to do is get them off me. And I'm like, well, but if these are the only pants you have right now, you've got to think about what are the consequences. And so as she continued to work with me on her business, but also in this day job, things started to shift at the day job where she got to move into a management role. And now she's like, these pants don't itch anymore. I'm like, great, because now you're getting more of your needs met. And that's ultimately what it's about. Whether you go all in as a rock star or you continue where you're at and just bridge a little at a time, does it take longer? Sure. But who's to say where the the finish line is for a person? The finish line is death. Yeah. Right? Like the finish line is death. And if you don't have like a clock ticking right now, like you've got three months to live, then you've got time to make and create and breathe life into whatever it is you want to bring about in the world. You know, I'm pushing 50 now. And it's like, there are things that were important to me in my 20s that aren't important to me now. And there are things that are important to me now that won't be important to me when I'm in my 60s, if I make it that far. And if I don't make it that far, I will have lived and experienced the fullest possible life of my existence because of the choices that I'm making right now to continually step into what I really want and what really matters to me. And as long as you're living there, day job or not, full-time in your creative career or not, digging ditches or not, tap dancing or not. It doesn't matter because in the moment you feel a level of success because, and this is something I tell my people all the time too, success is a destination and you're already there. You're, You're already there right now today. Look around you. This is success. And if you don't like what you see, if you're not feeling successful, well, then you need to make some different choices. And take action on the choices that you're making. But this is success. Everything that you've done, lived, experienced, decided on up until this point has brought you right here. Has Have there been external forces? Sure. And we respond to those external forces to the best of our abilities. But if we just let life happen to us, then we're just floating around on the tides of life. And of course you don't feel successful because you're just flip-flopping any old way instead of feeling like this is the direction I want to move. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that I will say is that we can choose a direction and start moving in that direction. But that doesn't mean that that's ultimately the direction we're going to end up in. Yeah. I tell my clients, your goal is not always the goal. So often we live life with our blinders on. We do our work with our blinders on. And so we have a limited view of what there is to see in the world. And we pick a goal that's in front of us that we can see that feels reasonable, maybe a little comfortable stretch, and we can start to go for it. And in taking that first step, 
our field of view changes. And now we can see things that we couldn't see before. And that goal that we thought was the goal, we look over to the left and we're like, oh, hey, I think I want that more. And we start to move in that direction. And that doesn't mean that the original goal that we set for ourselves was a bad goal or that we were terrible because we didn't achieve it or or anything like that. It means that goal served its purpose. It got you to move and now you're on to new things. And that is 100% okay. Yeah. 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 I think that's, some, that's such wisdom that you just shared. Um, and it can alleviate some internal tension mm-hmm. that many people carry around thinking, man, I'm just like all over the place. I just keep screwing up because I'm, I'm, it seems like it's slippery. Things keep morphing and changing and evolving. And, yeah. you know, the, the longer I'm at this and the more I observe my own life in this, I see those patterns of like, yeah, you know, it's growth, it's change. It's, we're not static beings, n- nor is our creativity. And we're living in a world in that we're creating and responding to things too, yes. internally and externally. So of course things are going to change. Of course things are going to, to morph and evolve. Um, and I think that's healthy because really like even at the core of creativity, it's, it's making something out of nothing. It didn't exist before and now it does. And so right. that very desire to move in that direction and be aligned with that automatically welcomes change and growth. Um, one of the things that I've heard you say again and again in, in throughout even early experiences and then into what you do now is this, this goal and this, um, this passion to help people yep. through what you create. Mm-hmm. Why is that so important to you? Mm, that's a really great question. Thank you for asking it. I, at my core, and this is this is me kind of opening a vein a little bit and bleeding mm-hmm. all over everybody here. Um, there's this need for this drive for um, meaning, significance, uh, impact, right? Um, that's that's my love language, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when when I can impact somebody's life, then ooh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get emotional here. When when I'm impacting somebody's life, when I can see the light bulb come on, when I can see that change happen, when I can see that smile come over their face, it's like I put my thumbprint on something. It's like I was mm-hmm. here, and there's the proof, right? Um, you know, I think about one of my favorite favorite vocalist of all time, Judy Garland. Fewer and fewer people know who she is. And there will come a day in this life where she is a footnote in history and all of the people who knew her no longer exist, right? Um, And I think about that in terms of so many of the creators of this world. We look back 200 years ago and we see the masters and we see, you know, these the Van Goghs and the the Mozarts and we 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 see them, but there were so many other people that were also creating at that time that we don't know about, that we don't talk about, that don't have high price tags on their on their creations. But or and those people all left a legacy to the people that they touched, to the people that they impacted, to the lives that they created and the lives that those people created, right? And their lives are made better because of that creation. And so for me, woo, you got me right in the feels today. Mm. Um, you know, for me, that is the driver, 
Yes. I love, I love being interviewed. I love being in the spotlight. I love having the eyes on me. I do. And I do because it means I'm here doing something of value, making a positive change in the world because the world is really effed up in a lot of ways. And we need those positive markers, right? Through the art that you create, through the the, the books that we've read and, and shared and the shows that we've seen and the experiences that we've had that touch us deeply, right? Those people, whether they realize it or not, those creators made that difference. And so for me, it's about being able to put that little fingerprint on them and go, I changed you. That means my life mattered here. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the big thing. That's that's the that's probably the deepest core driver for me is um significance and belonging, because that's the other piece of it, right? Like I want I'm I I'm interested in leaving that fingerprint because I want them to know that they've been seen, mm-hmm. right? I see you. I recognize you. You matter. You're important. You make a difference in this world. And so much of the work that I've done both on stage and, you know, in my music and as a coach, the, the underlying thread, the, the current through all of it is I want humans to be better. Mm-hmm. I want humans to feel like they matter because they wouldn't be here if they didn't, right? But so much of our lives is spent trying to figure out how we matter or what's the point of me being here instead of being able to enjoy that I I have every right to be here because I'm here. Otherwise I wouldn't be here, right? The chicken and the egg. And so for me, it's, it's about, I see you. Thank you for seeing me. Now let's go make this world better because we're better because of it. Like yeah. that's, that's the whole drive for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, I want to say thank you for going there. I appreciate yeah. your vulnerability in that and your honesty. And, uh, I, you know, the more we talk, the more I'm like, yeah, there's a reason why we connected so much. Sure. And I feel like I'm looking at a mirror in what you're saying. Um, because that is, is my motivator too, of helping other people, helping them feel seen and heard um, the belonging piece, you know, that's certainly been a part of my journey in the past as well of, of going like, you know, I don't know where I fit in. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I belong. And then when you finally find a place and then you go, Oh, okay. So now I'm going to be the first person who's on the lookout for that person who looks like they don't know where they're going. Like they don't belong. I'm going to be first in line to welcome them and say, Hey, I'm so glad you're here. And I know what it's like to be in that place. Cause I just was in that place. So let's talk about that. Um, and that can make all the difference. And so that, you know, and, and the beautiful thing about that, I'm learning the, the more I lean into that, the more that I am willing to go there mm-hmm. is that that shows up not in a confined box of it looks like this kind of creativity. <laughs> right. right. Um, it's, it's almost like an overlay on life itself. Yep. And it bleeds out in casual conversations. It bleeds out in the work that I do in, you know, whether it's visual art or working with people or working, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter the context, right? It's just there as the overlay and the, or, or maybe even just the, the driving motivation underneath. And so, um, yeah, I love that you shared that and so resonate with you in those things. Um, how, how have you found that like working with people, helping them 
feel seen and heard embracing their you know uniqueness you know being the unicorn as you say right the yeah. the um the the star the celebrity of their own space how have people struggled to accept what it is that you're trying to help them step into i think that there's there's two pieces to this right so the first one is so many of the people that i have worked with over the years come with some type of self-worth story that doesn't measure up to their awesomeness right um pot calling kettle black here like mm -hmm. I, the same same life path right and and so to have a safe space where you can be fully seen and appreciated for who you are now but also who you are becoming the the resistance comes in is this too good to be true like is this really can i really do this right and if they're willing to step into that space to begin with and that's that's the big that's the big trick right like you've got to be willing you've got to release your vulcan death grip of control and open your hand enough to be willing to be vulnerable enough to step into a space where someone can say these are the possibilities i see for you are you willing to go on this ride with me and and I've had several instances in the last few months where people have come to my radar, have come into my space who are not ready. And it's not because they don't have the skills. It's not because they're not amazing people. It's because they don't have the safety and security within themselves yet to open up a crack, mm -hmm. right? I just need a crack. I can get in with even just a crack. I'm like, okay, well, if we can crack that shell just a little bit, then I can start to funnel in you know, little bits of this is why you're important. This is why the world needs you. This is why your stuff needs to be out in the world. Sure, there are other people doing that thing, but they're not doing it like you. And when they can start to open their eyes to that, then their belief comes. When when I'm working with people, I, I have this model called the, the Star Power Framework, and it's it's about clarity, confidence, and courage. Clarity has to come first. You have to be clear on, have enough information on whatever it is that you're trying to step into before you can make a confident decision that allows you to take a courageous action. And so if you're completely unclear, if you are overwhelmed, if you are in a state of confusion or fear or panic, it's really hard to step into a space of, of clarity. So you have to create a space of safety first for yourself to be like, well, this is the least I can do. This is the smallest step I can take. I am willing to step into this relationship or this conversation or this Facebook room or whatever, and let, let things start to unpack a little bit, like just the crack, right? Once, once the crack is there, then it's like, okay, now I can, now I can feed you. This is the truth that you're not seeing. And now you can start to get clarity on yourself. Okay. Well, all these years, these people have told me this and what I should be doing is this. And I should, I should, I should. And, and you're telling me, Lisa, that the shoulds don't matter. I need to get clear on what really matters to me. And if that's true, and I'm in this space now where I feel safe enough to be willing to believe that it could be maybe kind of sort of possibly true, then if that's true, then here's what really matters to me. Is it safe for me to put this right here? I'm going to put it right here. And then they back up and walk away. And we're like, there's your truth. Thank you for sharing your truth. We really appreciate your truth. We're going to celebrate you being you 100%. Everything I do is about helping people do things that work for how they're wired. You know, I've got people who are on the spectrum who are dealing with disabilities, multiple marginalizations, and it's really challenging for them to feel safe showing up, being themselves out loud and on purpose. And so the first thing I do is be like, 
This is where you can do that. This is where you can totally let go. I don't judge. I just hold that space for you to to be you fully and completely out on purpose. Sometimes that feels dangerous for them and it takes time, right? So when they're not ready for that, they're not ready for me. But if they're ready to make even just that little step, like worlds unfold for these people in ways that I have, I could never have imagined when they are ready to just open up a crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The, the mustard seed analogy, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And that you've developed a tool, right? Your quiz to help mm-hmm. people identify and give some parameters and understanding and clarity, right? The yeah. beginnings of some clarity on, oh, okay, this is, this makes sense. This feels right to me. Can you talk a little bit about like where that came from, what the categories are? And yeah. Yeah. So several years ago at this point, uh, I was at a crossroads in my business where I had worked with so many different kinds of people. I didn't really know who my target audience was and my business was suffering because of it. My marketing wasn't clear and concise. I wasn't attracting the right people. I was getting frustrated. I really just wanted to tip the tables and walk away. Compound that with the fact that I had made a business decision to work with a coach who really was not equipped to to work with me. um, And that further made the business kind of fall apart. And so I'm sitting here in the aftermath of that trying to figure out what my business direction is going to be. And so I just grabbed a bunch of sticky notes and started writing down every client that I'd ever worked with, their name and what we worked on and what they came to me for, their name and what they worked on and what they came to me for. Because sometimes what they came to me for was not what we ended up working on. And so I just put all these guys out in front of me on little sticky notes. My my son thought I was doing some kind of crazy craft project. And I'm like, no, really, I'm trying to figure some stuff out here, I promise. And so over time, I started, you know, moving these stickies around and creating these piles. Um, You know, all these people are all kind of the same. And these people are all kind of the same. And these guys have some similarities. And eventually, like 80 sticky notes became like five piles. And those five piles became two piles. And at the end, I had two piles and a handful of stragglers. And I'm like, why don't these stragglers fit in one of these two piles? Like, I am really good at pattern finding. Why do they not fit? And the more I looked at who those people were as compared to the other people, and I was like, well, I'm more like that person. And and I don't fit in either of these camps either. What is that about? And so I spent some time, you know, just kind of in prayer and and trying to suss through this. And what became clear was it wasn't two camps. It was a spectrum. And that's why these stragglers kind of fit in the in the in-between spaces of the, and then when I got that clarity, and then I was like, oh, and some of these people really kind of go in those other piles too. And what I came up with was what I call the creative entrepreneur type spectrum. And so this spectrum identifies where you fall on the spectrum of creativity, specifically for entrepreneurs, but any creative can 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 take this. Um, and it identifies your preference, not your proficiency. Right. So you can be really, really good at something because you've had a lot of practice at it, but that doesn't mean it's really built for how you're wired. Um, I, the example I love to give is I, I know my ABCs really well. I'm very good at filing. I hate filing. It drains <laughs> yeah. me. It's stressful. I don't like it. Right. I'm good at it, but I don't like it. So each of these different types on this spectrum have different strengths and different challenges. And here's here's the thing, your challenge is actually rooted in your strength. So on one end of the spectrum, we have the chaotic creatives. Call that not because they are discombobulated and out in the ether, but because of how their brains work. It's very nonlinear. It's very in the moment. It's very experiential, right? It's the 
creating of the wow factor. I don't know a chaotic creative who can't zhuzh something and make it spectacular. They all can do that. Like that is their gift. They're very intuitive. Go with the flow, trust their gut. They are not wired for the linear end of the spectrum, which is where the numbers and the order and the systems and the processes rule, right? That, that order is the rule of the day for linears. That is their sense of safety. That is how you know, accountants and, and, and interior designers and, you know, thought leaders, that's how they get their stuff done. They're looking at what happened in the past and, and what can we replicate in the future and how can we follow the, a pattern to make this work, right? So that's what they're good at. That's what they're naturally wired to do and equipped for. So the things on the other end of the spe spectrum, like creating amazing experiences does not come naturally to them. Doesn't mean they can't do it. It just requires a lot more effort on their part, which is why you see so many uh, people who typically classify themselves as creatives who struggle with the financial piece of the puzzle, because it's just not their natural wiring. Doesn't mean they can't learn it. Doesn't mean they can't do it. Doesn't mean they can't do it well. It just drains them energetically. Mm -hmm. It's just really extra stressful for them. So if they're going to do that work, they have to create more buffers around themselves to give themselves time to recover. You know, I have one client who can do her taxes in two days and she's like, this is great. I have another client who's like, it takes me a week and then I need another week to recover. Okay, cool. And when you get to the place in your business that you can hire somebody, that'll be one of the first things you let go of. Absolutely. And then there are folks like me who stand in the middle between these two extremes. We are the fusion creatives and we flex depending on what the situation calls for. So we're kind of the jacks of all trades. We can kind of do a little bit of everything. The challenge that we have is that while we're good at a lot of things, it's really hard for us to ask for help. And because it's hard for us to ask for help, we get left holding all the things and we don't build really strong networks, support networks, because we're like, well, I can just do it myself. It's faster if I just do it myself. And it is a lot of the time. But the problem with that is you're left holding all the things and you don't have the relationships and you don't have the ease that comes from leaning into the fact that there are lots of people out there who are going to be better at some of these things than you are. Why don't you turn them over to them, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have the two cusp types, which is where you fall, Mike, because you're a chaotic cusp type. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chaotics, and, and this is beautiful because chaotic cusp types really get the best of both of those worlds. They really get to draw on that intuitive ability, that creating the exceptional experience, but they have just enough of a fusion lean to them that they can flex into systems and processes. They can flex into uh, rules and order in limited doses, and it doesn't wipe them out like it would a true chaotic. Now, here's here's how you tell whether you're a fusion or a cusp type. When the chips are down, when things are hard and you've got to make really tough decisions, where do you go to make that decision? If you lean into what is my intuition saying? What does my gut say? What does the divine say? Wh what's that connection? If that's where you go to problem solve, then you're a chaotic cusp. You're not a fusion. Likewise, on the linear side of the spectrum, if you're like, well, what does the data say? What do the numbers say? What did we do that worked before? If that's how you problem solve, then you're a linear cusp type. And Mike Michalowicz, the author of the book Profit First, he's a linear cusp type, right? So not true fusions, but you have enough of a flexing ability that you can step into that energy when you need to, as long as it's not a super high stress environment. If it's super high stress, you're going to revert to that natural tendency of chaotic or linear. Fusions, we're always like, well, it just depends on what the situation calls for. <laughs> like, whatever we need to do, we'll do that. That's fine. Right. And we love and hate both ends of the spectrum equally. Right. It's not a, it's not a, oh, I love doing this. It's like, eh, I could take or leave any of it. It just depends on, just depends on the day. So that's, that's kind of what the spectrum looks like 
Um, and and you don't change typically unless you've had a traumatic head injury. You're not going to change types over your lifetime. How you manifest the things that you enjoy within that type might change, right? Like you might get really good at something and then it becomes easier for you, even if it's not in your type, but you're still going to be that type because how you problem solve still goes back to where you fall on that spectrum. So that's Mm. That's the assessment in a nutshell. And I think it's really powerful for people because once you recognize, holy crap, this is who I am and I don't have to try and be somebody else. Yeah, That just isn't who I am. And that just doesn't work for me. That's not a blank check to just tip the tables and walk away and be like, I'm never going to do that thing again. Yeah. But it allows you to have a deeper understanding of, okay, so when I am in a position to get some support, these are the things that I really should be looking to get support on. Because even if I'm good at it, it doesn't mean I should be doing it because this over here is where my real genius is. This over here is where my energy is most efficient. And this is where I can accomplish more of the things that really matter to me instead of standing in the stuff that makes my head hurt. Mm, yes. Wow. Wow. I can see how that's a tool for such clarity and, and even permission, you know, yeah. not that we need it, but I think some people feel like they need it. Um, yeah. They've told themselves that story. But to to say, you know, yeah, like this is who I am. This is how I'm wired to understand those things and then mm-hmm. not be at odds with it, right. but to actually learn how to flex with it right. and its advantage. It's not disadvantage. Right. Um, it's strength. It's it's 100% yeah. strength. And, and to be able to go, oh, that's why I'm not broken. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, it, it's supposed to be icky for me when I do this kinds of stuff because it's not how I'm naturally wired to work. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. Right. And I, I can't tell you how many people have been like, like you said, permission. I, I think we need permission because we don't know we need permission. Mm-hmm. Again, living with blinders on, working with blinders on. This is what people who I have trusted have told me I should be doing or need to be doing or where I should put my focus because that's where the money's at or whatever. And so I've been doing the shoulds and shooting all over myself instead of standing in, but this is where I really come alive. And this is what really fills me up because especially as creatives, we've been told that's nice, but you really need to have a fallback plan, sweetie. Mm -hmm. And so we wire ourselves to prepare for the fallback plan instead of stepping with confidence into this is who I really am. You know, the reason Lizzo could sleep in her car for a year is because she was clear, this is who I really am. And if this is what it takes, then that's where I will go with it. Mm. Do I want to do that? No, but I'm willing to because I know that's who I am and that's where I'm headed. Yeah. And I mean, a year sleeping in her car to become where she is and what she is today for her was definitely worth it. Somebody else might make a different choice and that's not good or bad. It's just a recognition of this is where I'm willing to go. This is what matters to me right now. So this is the journey I'm going to go on. And when that changes, I will change to match that. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's so empowering. Everything you're talking about in this whole, the spectrum and, and the getting the clarity on that, because then it's, I can see how, you know, if you dial into that, then you can, like you said, it's the confidence comes after that yeah. because then, you know, you're armed with that knowledge and that mm-hmm. experience and it's, it's then strategic. It's not right. reactive. It's not, 
I don't really know why I do this, or I don't know, maybe, maybe I should be doing something else, or maybe, you know, everybody's always telling me to overcompensate for the weaknesses and blah, 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 you know, all those kind of things. Um, it's very empowering in what you just yeah. said, because then it brings clarity. And, and you know, when, when you say it, it sounds so simple, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard when you're looking at yourself sometimes yeah. and it takes work. Yeah. It takes uncovering and discovering. Yep. But I love that you have a tool to help start this process and that you are, you're helping people through this process. Um, how much do you think of this understanding and then, you know, talking about meaning and purpose and significance, mm -hmm. how much of that do you think is tied to having a very specific and big dream? Mm. Like, is it enough just to say, yeah, I want to like, you know, just be a better person and make some money and be creative and have creative freedom. And, and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like what we were talking before, like of, hey, I want to have impact on a level of like, you know, right. A ripple effect. Yeah. So here's the thing that I've said for years and years and years. If it's your dream is big, period. End of sentence. Right. I, I don't buy into dream scale shame because I've had it foisted on me. Oh, you should be dreaming bigger. Or why can't you just be happy with what you have? Right. Mm -hmm. That's somebody else's dream trying to be foisted on me. No, thank you. Been there, done that, bought the hat, not interested in going back. So if your dream, while I work with clients who are like, I want to be the celebrity in their space. I've also worked with people who are like, I just want to have a side hustle that allows me to be able to travel and, and not have to dip into the family finances. I want to have a comfortable life and, you know, just have a little extra cool, right? If that's your dream, then you're going to go after it with as much gusto as your dream provides mm -hmm. The size relative size of that dream is irrelevant because to you, it is big dreams are dreams are big by design because they are things we have not attained yet. Right. So it doesn't matter if my dreams to be a rock star and your dream is to have, you know, two kids graduate high school and go to college debt free. Right. It, it doesn't matter what the dream is. It's if it's your dream, it is big period. End of discussion. Hmm. How does somebody know if their dream is too small for them? So I'm going to answer this both ways. Like, how do they know it's too big for them? And how do they know it's too small for them? Right. If the dream is too small, it doesn't feel like a dream. Right. It feels like another task on a box to check, you know, another step on the rung to getting to whatever's next. Uh, yep. I got this thing to do. It's a job. Right. If a dream is too big for you. Right. And I'm going to say this again with an asterisk around it. If it's too big for you, that just means you don't have the right supports in place to move into it yet, right? That could be bringing more people onto the team along the way. And teams can look a lot of different ways. I'm not necessarily talking about hiring people, right? But bringing more people into that support community to, to help you move that way. But in that moment, it feels too big for you. It feels very unwieldy. Like, how in the heck am I ever going to, like, I'm just going to put that away because I just don't have the resources. Like, mm -hmm. nah. Right. But anything else between those two extremes, um, that's quote unquote right sized dreams, right? There may be some comfortable stretch that makes you nerve sighted about going towards that thing, 
right? And there may be some times where you're like, yeah, this kind of feels like a slog right now, but it's still important to me because I want to dot, 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 right? Dreams, achieving dreams is not an easy thing, right? And I think it was, I think it was Denzel Washington who said that, you know, God won't put a dream in your heart that you not, he doesn't equip you for, right? And I really believe that if it's, if it's put in our hearts, it's for us, right? It may not be the goal, Mm-hmm. But right now it is for us and it is for us to take action on and move towards until something else shows up for us. And it's okay for us to change our minds and it's okay for us to make different decisions and it's okay for us to pause sometimes and deal with whatever else is going on in our lives and our work and then get back to it, right? We're so programmed in our capitalist hustle culture to always be on the grind, right? Will Smith, um, in an interview, it was like, you know, if we get on a treadmill, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to get off first or I'm going to die. And I'm like, well, uh, nobody needs to die on a treadmill, Will. <laughs> it ain't that serious. It's, it, and I get the point. I'm the hardest working yeah, yeah, man yeah. in the room, but to what end? Right. Right. Um, and as creatives, we have this wonderful gift available to us if we choose to tap into it that makes what we do easy. Right. Like, or look easy to the rest of the world. Right. And we can choose the path on our creative journey that creates ease for us. Right. I don't have to work in metal sculpture if I am not attuned to and equipped to do metal sculpture. I can get out a pen and just draw on some paper. Right. Like, I can choose how to express my creativity in ways that are easier for me. Mm-hmm. That is a gift that we've been given as creatives. And here's the thing. Everybody's creative. Yep. Everybody has a way that they can be creative. They just have to choose to step into it and play with it and make it play, right? Have Mm -hmm. fun with it. Enjoy yourself with it. Don't make it a slog because that's when, that's when everything gets hard, right? If you're making it, it's already going to be hard. Don't make it hard on yourself on purpose. Like don't, don't do that to yourself. Like you don't got to draw on the treadmill. Will you don't got to, it's okay. Mm Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm, such good stuff. Well, you know, we've had this amazing conversation today and you talked about uh, a bunch of different things that I think are really poking at some of the things the listeners are dealing with. I know because even if they're important to us, they're important to the people who are listening for sure. sure. And we're all on this journey together. And so I want to thank you for just living your life out loud and creating resources for people and helping people step into those places where they need that assistance. They need that help, that coaching. Um, where can people find this quiz? Where can they find you? How can they follow along? Lay some like places that people can. Lay some places. Yeah. All, all the, all the socials. I am on like every social media site as uh, Lisa Robin Young. Robin has two B's. So you can find me that way. Say hi. I love to say hi back. I'm a talker. Uh, you can also visit the website. That's where the quiz lives. LisaRobinYoung.com uh, forward slash quiz. If you want to go straight to the quiz or just go to the website and bop around there. Uh, and then our show is at CreativeFreedomShow.com. Yes. Um, and we've got a whole uh, series of episodes to help people build profitable, sustainable businesses doing what they love um, across the creative spectrum. So those are all of the easy ways to find me. Uh, and take the quiz and find out, you know, what's your type and let me know. Cause I love to celebrate. I love to celebrate people. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks. Mike. Love, love, love this. This was amazing. And I know it's going to be helpful to a lot of people. So, so. 
Thank you again for our time today. It's been special. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.